Hi, Tony Silva in Osaka. Charles Wiz in, I think, Osaka. By that borderline area. <laughs> outlier. I'm an outlier. <laughs> I'm, I'm an outright liar, yes. <laughs> and 31, number 31, two teachers talking. And Charles and I get together to talk about teaching, teaching in Japan, teaching English in Japan. And uh, today, um, talking about time, uh, time management, and um, snicker all you want. <laughs> but obviously, this is one of those issues that we have trouble with because uh, these podcasters. But we try to shoot for about an hour, and uh, That's if you right. look we at our time, if you look at our record, it's not too good. But yeah, so you might you want go. to just like stop listening at this point right? <laughs> and just give up. That's really true. We do kind of aim for an hour, but we know we're going to go over. Yeah. But we still have a hard time. We'd have a hard time keeping it under an hour. So let's see what we do with our topic of timing today. Mm. Okay, so Tony, timing. It's um, Time management and timing are a little bit similar but a little bit different. Yep. Um, timing is the art of doing something at a given time when it's right. Mm. And I always think back of the four rules of timing that I, I learned from um, this – this guy a long time ago but what he said was interesting he said the right thing at the right time is best then number two is the wrong thing at the right time number three is the wrong thing at the wrong time but the absolute worst thing with a student is the right thing at the wrong time mm. and that's an example of timing so when you do something but what we're talking about is how do you manage the class right mm. in terms of when do you start do things how do you know to end move on how do you keep to your schedule right and yeah, then you're given 90 minutes what do you and, and how, how do you, what, get, do you what do you do with that so that's a palette <laughs> you gotta, you gotta right. create something yeah. there what, what, what do so you do how do you get the students out on time and not cut it too short and definitely not go over hmm. okay so most i don't know let's see we've been both teaching for a while now we know what we're doing, but you don't really go in with a, a traditional lesson plan for every class you teach, do you? No, I, I don't know that I've ever gone in other than at the, you know maybe at the very very beginning with a traditional lesson plan. I generally go in with um, a pretty good idea of what I want to do, or what I want to accomplish, and I'll have uh, probably the the time period split up into three things, uh, which would be a combination of you know presentation of information, material, structures, whatever, um, some very structured activity, and then something that's a little much less structured, like a magic to apply okay. things. So that's most of the time. I mean, for a conversation class, communication class, that's kind of what happens most of the time, I think. Yeah, and it would be <laughs> different, I think, for a reading class or a writing class. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right, which are very, very different, I think, in terms of how I um, approach the classes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, so... You mentioned a traditional lesson plan, so you were th you're thinking of the one where you have like the, the first ten, the first objectives. ten minutes you have a warm up activity, and and then in the next eighteen minutes you um, have an exercise which you know presents this and that, and then for the next seventeen minutes you do this, and you have five minutes for question and answer, and then you move on, you know, with a you know kind of a more of a scripted, organized right. thing with. Um, you know, beforehand the goals and objectives laid out, and um, right. then a you know a little re you know given review session at the end, and like a little check mark, and maybe every does a self evaluation. Okay, did I try my hardest? Did I do this today? Um, and then that's in the last four minutes, or <laughs> you, how, wherever you put it, I don't know. <laughs> However many minutes anyway, you have left after you finish. Anyway, that's what I don't do. <laughs> that's what I don't do. And the reason you don't do that is I can't. 
<laughs> okay. And that's the, we have another quick rap again. <laughs> yeah. Because um, you, you can't and I think the other – but there's a reason I can't. I mean, obviously, I don't have that much time to prepare. Um, also, it, we, I mean, we talked a little bit you know, before the show. We've been doing this for a long time. We don't have to. Um, but maybe most importantly is that maybe that's not the best way to approach it. Uh, we, you know, you know, agree that, you know, we kind of walk in and a bit of flying by the seat of the pants, if you want to look at it that way. But I think it's also seriously very important to maintain uh, a kind of flexibility and adaptability to the classroom and their mood and their level and their, you know, the, the, the success that you've had in presenting it and selling it and setting it up and getting them enthused and how far it goes. There's all so many variables that, as you know, you talked about your four things, the timing, the good thing, the wrong thing. It's like the odds of you being able to stick with that to that structured lesson plan with any degree of success is, I think, kind of small. Well, it, it depends. I think if you there's two things that would impact on that immediately, I'm thinking. One is if you have the students every day. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before, where mm. you've trained your students mm-hmm. so they know how to function in your classroom. I think if I had students three times a week, then I'd be able to go to a really organized syllabus, you know, really detailed and really stick with it because I'd have the same students. We'd know how to work together. But when you're getting students once 90 minutes once a week for 15 weeks, mm. then there's just a lot of variation. Also, if you're not in a coordinated program mm-hmm. where you have to mm. stay on with what's you know expected to be taught, then you have a, you know the room, the freedom to riff, mm. so to speak. And I think in that sense, we both like to improvise. We like to see we see it as an interaction between us and the students and that that can go in you know a myriad number of ways i think at any given time and as long as it's pedagogically sound why not go that way right right and yeah it, it's uh, it's pedagogically sound and it's something that i'm comfortable with something that i have experienced and seen success with so that's kind of what i strive for because uh, it's it feels good and it works in my experience um Mm. But, you know, for another teacher or even even for me, given a different class, different kind of class, a different school, whatever it might be. Yeah, I might have to change that entirely. Mm. You know, I, I know that I've, I, my style changes. My approach to time management changes if I'm working in a coordinated program where people are providing me with materials and there are specific goals and objectives to achieve. But even under those circumstances, for example... Um, about a, a year ago, I was working at a coordinated program, and what they do is they have the new teachers in the program are observed mm-hmm. by, um, you know, one of their senior teachers, and I ended up getting observed by the 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 <laughs> the person running the program, and came in to watch my writing class, and it was funny because at the end of the class, I just turned to the person, any initial impressions, and she, this person said. It was really amazing. You know, when the lesson plan said that this should end at 15 minutes, that you ended it at 15 minutes, that I've never seen anybody really do that. So I know I can do that. I can, I know that I can, you know, hit the marks, mm-hmm. you know, what is it called? Hitting your lines in theater. Do you know the term I'm thinking of? No, I don't. There's a term for that though, right? Hitting your mark or getting your mark. But on the other hand, 
I like the idea of knowing that I can riff a little bit. And that came up in, in a writing class I'm teaching at one university. And something came up about the importance of history. And I just started riffing on the Chicago World's Fair, you know, the 1892-93 Chicago World's Fair. Mm -hmm. And for 12 minutes, I was talking about it. And the students, you know, I'm suggesting some reading, talking about things. And these students are just, you know, writing all, taking notes, writing down things because they're really into learning. Hmm. So, you know, if somebody turned to me and said, hey, you know, you went off for 12 minutes on the Chicago World's Fair and that had nothing to do with your lesson plan. I think you need to work on your time management. You know, I could take issue with that. So... We, we both, I think, agree that time management is just not a simple thing of managing time. There's a whole series of decisions that you're making about the v value and the validity of doing things in the classroom. Right. And talking about that flexibility and balance and that whole adaptive dynamic that's that you got to kind of balance along with what, you know, the, the, the goal, the objective, what you're working toward, then, you know, kind of also watching what's happening with the class itself and how you need to change what you're doing. Um, to to get there, or you know, maybe shift shift those themselves, you know, the goals and the objectives themselves in the mid class. Okay, and you have a structure, as you mentioned, to your class. There's a basic structure to for a lot of the conversation classes. That's what I end up doing. Which I find myself doing, kind of automatically on autopilot without even realizing yeah, you're doing exactly. it. Exactly. That's kind of what it's it, like the, it's kind of involving. You sit down with a you know a blank piece of paper and you know before class you sit and you kind of scratch your head. It's okay. What am I going to do? And um, uh, I think that might actually um, have evolved from um, my uh, karate lessons, <laughs> um, where it was the, the kind of the same kind of thing where you uh, were taught uh, a specific move, you know, like a punch, kick, block, whatever it might be. Um, just a you know, a basic movement when you repeated it, you know, I don't know, several hundred times it might have been. Um, then work it into some combination of things, either um, all hands and feet or some combination thereof. And then in the last, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes of class, you you know, pair off and kick the hell out of each other. <laughs> That's kind and of what my classes is, are like. This is your karate class or your 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 your, your conversation class? <laughs> <laughs> they both kind of follow the same They model. kind of are appearing to look similar over time, I take mm. it. Uh, that's either a comment on our growing age or <laughs> on what's happening. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't think my class, the way I structure my class has been developed on that. One thing I have noticed is that in terms of my managing time in my classroom is that I spend more time each year on the opening review session mm -hmm. and the closing review session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you talked about that before, and yeah, I, yeah, I wish I, I could well, do, I keep I wish saying I the same do more of that. Yeah, well, I keep saying, you know, everything I have to say, you've already heard. So <laughs> that that happened once when I turned to a friend and I said, hey, did I ever tell you the story about it? And that's what he said. He goes, yes. everything you have to say, I've already <laughs> heard. It's like, okay, game over. Um, but that I'm basically, I know that 20 minutes of my class is dedicated to review. And the review is students getting together in groups and making a list or discussing and coming up with you know the things that are most important so i could take a 90 minute class at this point and know that already 15 to 20 minutes is taken out mm -hmm. right so when i'm looking at time management i'm actually figuring out how do i get you know how do i fill that space between those two points mm -hmm. and i guess one question is 
how do you know how long an activity is going to take? Let's say you decide, uh, this is I, it's something I still, I'm amazed at. But you look at and say, okay, you know, I'm going to do this kind of task with my students. Um, they're going to design, let's say, uh, um, what? Let's say they're going to choose movies for a, a school film festival. How do you know how long that's going to take? I mean, are you good at estimating that time or are you way off on it or... I, or does I this question it, even make sense? No, it makes total sense. But I don't. I don't know. There's any way to predict it. I'm. I would guess that I'm about average because I think the reason for your that's question is that's a pretty is, safe guess. Yeah, me. because I average. think the question comes about because sometimes it you, you're really good at it and sometimes you're totally off. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to predict. Uh, and I'm right some of the times and I'm wrong some of the times. But is there is there some way you do it? Do you um, do you just you know from past experience that you look at activity look what it's evolved well yeah you can look at you can look at the record and you can look at the other times if you've done that and how long it's it's taken before and which kinds of classes in terms of you know level and personality and size um makeup of gender major i mean the whole thing You, you you put all those crunch all those variables really quickly in your head and you make some kind of educated guess to the this the classes you're about to teach all those things um, you know, is it a talkative class? Is it, is it a reticent class? Is it big? Is it small? Are they gonna? Is it gonna take you a lot longer to explain it? Uh, are yes. they gonna catch it right away? Are they gonna? After they say they understand it, will they have understand? Where you have to like scrap it and, oh, well, and start go back to podcast, zero, isn't it? right? That's a whole other and podcast. so <laughs> you you make all your best guesses, and then you get, so you come up with a number. Uh, this is gonna take about twenty minutes, or it's gonna take ten, or it's gonna take half an hour, or. You allow for the possibility. It's like, well, it one either it's going to take them that long to figure it out, and it might take half an hour, forty five minutes, or, and again, this is one of the other things you talked about. How long it's going to take? The other part that you, um, uh, you might bring up is like, you know, when is it over? Um, when yeah. when you get a group that like they they take the ball and they're running with it, and everybody's engaged and having fun and and rattling away at English, um. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> going pull the plug on this and say, okay, well, let me my our 18 minutes is up. Let me pull the plug on you now because I think the uh, question of how do you know that an activity is finished is something I'd like to focus on a little bit more in a good, little bit. Good, good. But I, I, yeah. yeah, going back to that, the timing thing. I think for teachers who are starting out, the best thing to do is if you're going to be using the same textbook for like the next two years and you use it over two or three classes is just write down the start and finish times and the total number of minutes for each section of that textbook or each activity in the textbook. And after a while, you'll find yourself able to estimate. And the thing to do is you write down your estimate, how long you think it'll take, and then write down the actual time. And that feedback really helps you learn to figure out how long an activity is going to take. But it's interesting. For me, I kind of have like a fast-forward, super fast-forward movie in my head. Mm-hmm. that I watch and then that's how I kind of get an idea how long things will take but I think now too after so much time doing things I can look at a general set of activities or a textbook or some materials and say yeah yeah this will take me like about yeah seven minutes to go through the material point out the key vocabulary and then check for understanding and then get them on task but that is something I think you develop over time but it is learning to estimate accurately how long an activity will take is helpful. But at the same time, it's, 
quite often the case that it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Right. I think I think that the uh, the monitoring of the times that you talked about the estimate versus the time it took and look at that over a couple of years is is really useful. But I think I think you're, I think you're giving short trip to the basic idea of um, just that step of self monitoring is huge because. As you said, you're talking about newer teachers, especially when you're you're starting off. Um, you know, your attention is pulled and stretched in so many different ways, mm, and you're point. you're in you're in the classroom and you're in your hyper teaching mode. Um, it's really helpful um, if you can pull back just a little bit and to do that little bit of self monitoring, just like be aware of basically about what time am I starting this and how long have I been doing this, so you don't you know. It'd be halfway or th- three-fourths of the way through the exercise and hear the bell ring because it, ha- it happens. It's, it's happened to me. You, you, you totally lose track of time. Um, you get so involved with the, you know, the, the task at hand, you know, whether it's the explanation or helping them out or monitoring or whatever it is that you're doing with the kids, um, and you do lose track of time. And being able to kind of simul- you know, talk about you know, juggling a lot of balls at one time, but stepping back and doing all that and yet at the same time remaining aware of the time passing is all by itself a huge step and then using that that uh method that you mentioned about estimating the time and and then marking the real time um that's going to be really really helpful but it's it's not that easy to do (laughs) at the very beginning right yeah and i think that that leads to the next point which is that most people will assume that time management is really planning out the class and then when the amount of time that you've given for that activity or that section of the class is finished, you wind it down and you move on to the next thing. But for me, I think that when we're talking really about time management is knowing when to extend the activity and how to modify the next activity to fit into whatever time is left over. Or the opposite, right? Oh, this activity's finished. I'll need to stretch the next activity, and how could I do that in a productive manner? So I think that we're looking at more of time management as an adaptive skill, mm-hmm. and that it's something that grows out of any given class in kind of an organic manner, rather than something that you impose upon the class, mm-hmm. right? I think like the tyranny of um, of a fixed lesson plan that says, do this for seven minutes, then move on for 12 minutes. And my favorite thing always is, you know, whenever I've seen that, um, is I've turned to people and said, how did you come up with seven minutes? Hmm. Why isn't it 10 or five, right? Hmm. You know, it's like, why isn't it seven and a half now? And I'm just amazed that people can actually bring something to that specific, you know, narrow point of, you know, amount of time. But, I think you also mentioned something very interesting, Tony, which was that there's a little part of your brain, right, that's just always pulled back a little bit. I think you're talking about the part that's always watching yourself teach. Okay, right, yeah, the self-monitor, yeah. The self-monitoring thing. How long did it take for you to kind of get that? You know, where it was like there, but it wasn't taking up a lot of – you know, cognitive resources, I guess is the way to put it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Because I remember in the beginning watching myself and trying to monitor myself. It was exhausting. Mm-hmm. But now I've realized that I'm always watching myself, but it doesn't really require any 
conscious awareness in a certain way and there's it doesn't seem to distract or detract from me how long did it take for you to develop that ability ah geez i don't know um i was just born naturally with it that's all right no it was a long no it was a long time it was a long time um no years for sure but um i I would say four or five years okay and i because i'm thinking probably about the same for me before I felt that I could actually go into a classroom, do what I wanted to do, be able to you know self monitor and not come out exhausted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because of just all, everything that goes on. And by the way, for um, if anybody here is a new teacher or you're just doing your teacher training, uh, uh, you know, let me back up. Um, some of my students were going off to do their first teacher training sessions and I told them I said the first clap day of teaching you are going to come home so <laughs> exhausted you're not going to be able to move and I talked to them and they all say yeah they said but I didn't it wasn't physically taxing and I said yeah it's all the cognitive resources right watching the classes watching yourself so do you think there's anything you could have done that would have sped up that process of developing that self-monitoring so that it was you know it, it developed more quickly, more easily? Mm, maybe the only thing that might have sped it up is to have somebody, like a, a mentor or a, a, a colleague, to point me in that direction and to constantly ride me and to remind me to keep doing that. Mm. Um, because it's one of those things get pushed to the back. Even if, you know, at one level you can know that this is what you should do and this would be really helpful. And it's probably you know, something that I'm derelict in, but when you get into the classroom, it's really easy. It's something that gets pushed back. You know, it, it, it gets diminished priority because you're more worried about all the other things that you're doing. Uh, and if someone were there, you know, with some kind of constant reminder, it might, have facilitated it using that a little bit earlier a little bit more easily um, I might have been able to more consciously allocate those mental resources uh, but uh, it's hard to substitute for experience I mean because you can't rely it takes a certain amount of relaxation and a certain amount of confidence to be able to step back to, to you know, do that and say I catch 22 but you can't do that until you're etc etc it's kind of it's the famous right? Or infamous ten thousand hour rule, right? Yeah, that's Malcolm Gladwell, wasn't it? Who? Was, no, there's somebody else who said that. That before you become really truly proficient at something, you need to have spent like ten thousand hours. <clears throat> mastery, on it. and that is mastery like, equals. Isn't that amazing? It's like mastery equals ten thousand hours, and ten thousand feet is when you you start. You know, the air starts thinning, right? Hmm. But not at 9,990 <laughs> feet. <laughs> you don't have mastery at nine thousand hmm. five hundred hours. It's an, these rough numbers, these magical numbers. Okay, so it might have helped to have a mentor or it might have helped to have somebody kind of pushing yourself there. But So that's the general class time management kind of thing, right? What about now getting an activity to stay on time? You know, getting that activity, because that's another example of time management, I think, is making sure that the activity runs smoothly and is moving along and progressing within the time frame you've given it. What are things that you do to achieve that? That would that varies so much on the individual class. I mean, some classes need a lot of uh, detailed, structured instructions. Other, 
other classes just get it right away. I think probably the the hardest thing is then to to determine which is which, being able to read the class and figure out the amount of direction necessary for them to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, it's it's a, it's a, a big range of expectations and abilities on the students that. Yeah, it's just a matter of like being able to figure out. Okay, I'm going to have to with these guys. I'm going to have to take it step by step. I'm going to have to get a volunteer. I'm going to have to enact it in front of the class. Um, this is going to take a certain amount of time with 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 another class. Maybe even the same school. Maybe the next period. Um, I can say, remember we did this and do it this. Do it with this, and boom, <laughs> and they're gone, and they're mm-hmm. off and running. Uh, and being able to predict that because if you if you try to do the second thing with the first group um you end up with chaos and you know the kids are confused of course they don't ask questions half of them start you know doing something else half of them are just stuck in the mud you know small a small portion of them do get it and move ahead tentatively and then you have to like stop shut it down and say okay no 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 that's not what i meant this is what i meant um it's a it's a question of reading the class and figuring out what it is they need to get rolling and how do I do that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Again, the, it's really hard. Let's, to let's go experience. back and try to take this abstract concept of reading the class. Hmm. Okay. Um, and my question here is, some people, if you're an experienced teacher, then it's not a problem when you say, I need, you know, reading the class and knowing things. When you say you're looking at a class and trying to see whether or not to adjust the activity, What's are there specific things you're looking for? In other words, instead of saying that the students are on task or I could see that they're confused, right? Those are all what I call internal states and you can't access internal states. What are the specific behaviors, for example, that you're looking for that will indicate that you have to make adjustments to the class? Because you said, right, students aren't going to ask questions. Some of them will just, you know, They'll start working, but they'll not be on task. So, what are you looking for specifically? Well, one of the one of the big tells, of course, is, is whether or not you're hearing any English in the room. Um, and you'll generally notice when you're finished explaining something, if they've understood what you said, they will. There will be body language shift, right? They will shift their position. Well, you know, whether it's a writing task, they'll put their head down with their pen in their hand. If it's a speaking thing, they'll turn to their partner or rearrange their chairs to join the group that they're supposed to be forming. And um, there'll be heads up and there'll be general, though you'll watch their eyes and their eyes will be looking at each other and they will be engaging and hopefully you'll be hearing English. Um, if they're not sure what to do, uh, they'll, they'll freeze generally. There'll be very little motion. They'll be, they'll stop. They'll be very, un, they'll have that, that look <laughs> in their eyes. It's like, tell me what to do, please. Um, so when you finish your explanation, you, you pretty much know in that, that, that next five seconds, did they get it? Did they not get it? And if you don't get any kind of reaction in five minutes, then you know, you've you kind of done, misread the class. You need to you need to to re-explain in a, in a different way, or maybe the same way again. Um, but you need to tweak your expl- explanation a little bit, your directions. Mm. And I think it's it's important those the looking at the physicalness mm-hmm. because that's all you can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can't can, see inside, you, and they're not going to let you in. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you could see inside, they wouldn't let you in. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, right. Don't assume the internal states. So look for the the body language. Are they, you know, are the pencils or pens in hands and are they writing? Are they looking at each other, looking up at each other? Or are they both just, you know, are both people in a group or everyone in the pair looking down? So that those are some of the things you do now. So that gives you an indication that people have followed your directions. What about to know that they're actually on task? that they're moving along at the pace you want them. So for example, they're supposed to, let's say, um, answer three or four questions and then rephrase those questions into with you know some variation and then ask their partner, how do you know they're moving along at the pace you want them to be moving along? What are you looking for? I don't know um, a shortcut to that other than you know walking around the room and monitoring a little bit and see what they're doing either seeing what's on their paper listening to what they're saying you know and um you don't need to like get in each group's face and things but yeah just you know down the sides of the room to the back of the room uh it's unless unless you've got like a you know class of a hundred or something it's 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 usually pretty obvious whether they're they're on the map you know i think okay. right and then progressing along at a yeah. good point and and sometimes that's maybe not you know the priority as long as they're they're moving somewhere <laughs> they're moving around there as long as they're doing something communicating in English um, maybe it's not you know completion of that task or moving in a, in a specific direction it doesn't necessarily need to be the be all and the end all I mean if they're actively engaged doing something else that's somehow related and somehow useful I usually don't have a problem with that. Okay. So again, we come back to the point that time management is not this simple, monolithic kind of structure. Right. Which the way is, we which approach we, it. Which is why we don't go in with a detailed lesson plan. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an important thing, I think. Experienced teachers, people who have been teaching for 10, 15, 20 years, I think, will understand that. But I think when you start out teaching, it's a really hard concept to understand that, you know, when you're trying to get things done that not everybody's going to swim in the same formation and that's not necessarily bad yeah, i think in right, the beginning right. as a beginning teacher i really wanted everybody to be on task and doing what i had set out to do and if they weren't doing that that means you weren't doing your job i wasn't doing my job and it meant that i had to re, you know revise something whereas for all you know you are doing your job and that the students um for example um Whenever I have students pair up or go into groups, they have to do their introductions or the Japanese aisatsu. And I'm very, very strict about this. You have to say hi. If you don't know the name, introduce yourself. If you know the person's name, hi, how are you? How have you been? How's your how's your weekend? If depending on when the class is, how's your week going? Now, if students are running with that and they're having a discussion in English about their classes or their weekends and they're not doing what is the task in front of them. I'm probably one of those people who would not stop them. No, well, I'm, I'm with you. I would think that's incredibly valuable, especially if these are students who I've never seen have conversations. Better, and, and even even more so, um, and again, this is, this is, again, on the fly, and this is, you know, just running with it and seat of the pants thing. Um, that's also value, valuable information for you for planning the next class, because that's a sign that this class is 
Yeah, maybe that task was a little bit too basic, a little bit too easy for them because maybe they've already done that or, you know, it was too simple for them. They they're they want more. Um, and you, and you know, part of that thing is you got to keep that pipe full because <laughs> otherwise, you know, they just get bored. Um, and, but at the same time, um, you know, especially like for you know, newer, less experienced teachers, um, I don't want to give the impression that this is something that we've mastered, that we've, you talk about mastery, something that we've mastered and we just do, of course, every class. Um, uh, this is one of the, you know, we talked about time management. It's like, this is one of the things that I'm not very good at. And I am, every, not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can say every class, but I don't know, racked with uncertainty about specifically this kind of thing. Time management is like, okay, how how much leash, how much time, how much should I let them go? How much do I pull them in? Um, am I pushing them hard enough to do move on to the next thing for completion, uh, for closure, for review, to, to go on to something else? Do I let let them go? Do I let them talk for how long? Another minute? Another three minutes? Another um, thirty? Yeah, and this is this is not something that you know we instinctively you know know because <laughs> it's experience. No, we don't. We we sit there and scratch our heads and we don't. No, and that's kind of what we're talking about. Uh, we don't know. We don't have a formula. I don't have a formula. Charles got a formula. Yes, I do. Oh, good. <laughs> it's, right. it's ask somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a really good point, Tony. It's that um, I I know teachers who really map out their lessons completely. I I, I used to many 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 years ago. I knew um, I knew a teacher, and somebody said we're going to have a guest speaker. Would you like to have this person visit your class next week? And this person said, no, um, the, my whole class is scheduled out exactly. I know what I'm doing every class. And I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. Hmm. Because I, I find it kind of, again, um, I, I think of the different kinds of music. Um, and basically the per, people who play classical music where hmm. you have – the the sheet music in front of you and there's a conductor and everybody's lockstep and there's no variation allowed versus the jam band concept mm. or the jazz um, kind of jam session where there's a more open structure to it. And I, I know that there's no way I could ever be a classical musician. By the way, you know Keith Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, I saw Keith Jarrett when he was playing classical music. Hmm. Um, and for people who don't know, Keith Jarrett's um, a jazz pianist and unbelievable, unbelievable, um, great. Um, what's the CD's name, Tony? The real, the, the one, the the white cover, it's, um, ah, the Cone Concert, the one where he's in Cone and he's playing with an out-of-tune piano. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. But anyway, watching this guy who's an improvisational genius, and basically that's what he does, playing classical music was like watching a caged um, tiger. Hmm. You know, watching an animal just trying not to break out. And that's how I feel with lesson plans, that they take away some of my creativity in the classroom that my ability to adapt and try to, to, you know, kind of design, manipulate that environment so mm-hmm. that it's matching what's going on with the students at that time. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, there's no formula for that. And, but I guess I get my classes done in 90 minutes, so I'm still managing it somehow. <laughs> but I think that really brings us to the really difficult question, which is, 
how do you know, not when the class is finished, how do you really know when an activity's finished? That the activity or, you know, your goal or your objective or what you wanted the students to get out of that activity or something new, how do you know it's finished? Is it the pencils are put down or the students start speaking Japanese again? How do you know an activity's done? And it doesn't need anything else. It doesn't need you to input or, you know, you have to build on something. So we all, I, yeah, I see what you mean. We're not, uh, so you don't want, not the point where you need to step in and move it along, but when it's like, okay, they're actually done. Um, but there's there's two different ways that it can end, right? I mean, it can end successfully and it can end unsuccessfully. <laughs> oh, it can end successfully? Well, I never considered that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, actually, like, yeah, you get the that sense actually, that, yeah, right. everyone is, and it, it, it Sometimes it sometimes it happens. You you know act you you have them do something, and they're on task, and uh, they complete it, and you feel sense somehow in the room. You actually kind of sense their satisfaction. Okay, but I, I'm, I, <laughs> I said sometimes. I I, I understand. Sometimes. But I'm actually it's not the sometimes. It's the sense their satisfaction, and mm. I'm just trying to use today's podcast to kind of be a little more concrete for myself because mm. I completely understand what you mean by sense. Well, you, know, look think... at their, you look at their faces. I mean, they're smiling, right? And they're, they're actually sitting there and you look at their face and they're, they're, they're proud. And they say, yeah, I did this. You got you to you you read their faces. I don't, I don't, um, some, sometimes they will, and again, Sometimes this is this is not a daily or weekly or monthly occurrence for me. Um, the students will will call call me over and to either you know show them show they'll want to show me what they did, or they will want me to hear what they did and say like, come here come here Tony 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 they, they I let them call me Tony say like, listen to this listen to this and like oh, well. Good for you. <laughs> this is nice. This is a good day. <laughs> Thank, you Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Other times, which you know, I, I won't. I don't know percentages. Um, sometimes, yeah, the the you know it's finished because basically everyone's lost interest, and um, everyone's doing something else, or most of them are doing something else. Come, the soldiers are. <clears throat> They got their nose down or whatever they're, they're they're soldiering through and they're trying to figure out it's like okay is this, you know what's the right answer kind of mentality say like, mm-hmm. are we doing this right yet and um yeah others are you know kind of getting angry it's like come on you can do better than this teach <laughs> you're screwing up here we're, we're not learning anything um Oh, that's a terrible feeling, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's not. <laughs> that, that happens. It doesn't too. rank up there with my favorite favorite <laughs> emotions to experience. But you, but you know, uh, again, you gotta read their face because they'll let you know. They'll let you know if you're doing your job or not. But it's it, it's hard and you know, concrete things of what you know, mapping out you know eye motions or you know the, the corners of the mouth or uh, you know how many words per. Uh, minute they're using to communicate with you and what the tone of the voice is, I don't know. But um, there can be, despite their you know English proficiency or lack thereof, can be quite communicative if you mm. if you if you have your eyes open. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say again that the way you describe it is obviously an experienced teacher working in the classroom. You're looking for those small physical indicators that allow you to make extrapolations just based on a lot of experience as a teacher. 
right? So the person starting out might have a hard time doing that because, mm-hmm. again, this one kind of response has to be backed up by a lot of experience, you know, or basically what what call the database you have in your head mm-hmm. for what's going on in the class. So I think one thing that I try to do, and again, I don't do this enough, is that any activity requires people from one group to share information with another group mm-hmm. or pairs to share with another pair. In other words, there's a, there's a specific physical indicator mm-hmm. that says, ah, the students have achieved something because I'll see them stand up or turn or try to find another group of students who are finished. So that's built into the activity. It's built into the activity. In that's other words, any group or pair activity requires and not just intra-group or intra-pair work, but intergroup or inter-pair work. Okay, and so it's not just a signal that, hey, we're done, but it requires a second step, moving on to a different kind of activity so that you can actually observe when they're actually done with the first. Right, but it also acts as a marker for right. me. Because there is um, certain classes where I use it as a marker because I found that I have difficulty knowing when students are finished. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach one class, there's, I think, 40 students in the class, and they're in immovable tables, Right, kind of in a lecture hall kind of situation. You're up in front, and there's this big lectern, which happens to be right at the center of the room. Mm-hmm. And the students' desks are basically the front row is right up against this raised lectern. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, you just find yourself gravitating to the lectern, right? And mm-hmm. well, there's no that's your place. There's nowhere else for you to be. There's and, really and nowhere. The nowhere room else. sets it up. <laughs> right, it's, exactly. It's infuriating. I know what you, exactly okay. what you mean. And in this class, I've noticed that I have, oh, I don't know how many times thought an activity was finished and it wasn't, or. You know, an activity wasn't finished, and I realized the students had been sitting around just biding their time. Mm. And so in that class, this idea of intergroup or interpair work, and it's, the rule is that you once you finish and you're sure you've accomplished the goal, that there's that second part of the activity, which is, you know, communicate the information or get the information from another group – you have to stand up and you cannot, and because the groups are numbered, so let's say it's, you know, there's 15 groups. I'll say if your number is one through eight, you have to find somebody in groups nine through 15 to work with, which of course will force people to walk across the room. And that is something I've used just not as a way to finish the activity, but as a way to completely understand and get a real physical sense as to who's finishing and that they have actually finished the task. Well, that's not so smart. It's not so smart. I said no. That is so smart. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so said, used to hearing the that's, other. That's I'm so, so so used to hearing the other response. And that's not that's very so smart. smart. But it's, but in that sense, it's not just serving as ah, I like this. It's part of you know in a communicative activity. It's a marker. Sure. No. No. It's it's, yeah. it's smart all the way around. I mean, I'm I'm totally sincere. I mean, it's it's. Well. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna touch I'm that envious. one, Tony. You're, you're totally sincere, and, but not sarcastic. That's a rare moment. Mm. A rare moment. Market. So, market. That's market. <laughs> and actually, we're both being sincere. Actually, I'm being slightly sarcastic. So, so as for that, that would have been a real interesting moment. Neither of us being sarcastic, but in other words, I think that if you're a teacher starting out and you're trying to know when the activity's finished, because the real key, I think, to time management is knowing when it's finished. Because think about it. What a waste to stop an activity because you've scheduled X amount of time for it and it hasn't achieved its goal. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I know teachers who will do that. 
Mm. Nope, sorry, the activity's finished because we have to move on to the next activity because that's what's been scheduled or that's mm. what I've scheduled. You have to have some way of knowing there's closure. And that doesn't account for, you know, the problem is what happens if the activity takes longer. But Yeah, I don't I don't I don't have your clever system of of, of the, the marking that end of activity and moving them on to something else, which is really smart and really clever. So I, I myself I'm much more prone uh, to err on the other side and let the activity go on long after a lot of the people have finished. Oh. But at the same time I, I also and it's semi conscious, I also don't want to cut off the kids who are still struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yes, what I mean? Because yes. because you don't because if 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 the, you know if it's the same kids who never finish and never get it, it's like you you're just cutting them off at the knees and you discourage them. So you, you don't want to slight them um, by having them always be unfinished or always be the last one. Or it's like oh we're waiting for Kenji again. Um, yeah, I, I don't want. I try to avoid that really hard too. Yeah, yeah. I I, I know that um, and. I, it's not that, what am I trying to say? I will extend an activity always longer, hmm. right? It's not based on who gets done first. It's based on who getting everybody to finish the task. Yeah. So it's different levels of completion. But so it's, it's a matter also, so the, the right. class is basically done, but we're waiting for Kenji, but we can't say that we are. And so the activity is not done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, too, I think, is in time estimation is I always double my estimate for how long I think anything will take. And that's, that's, and that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. about right. Yeah. It's, it's, by the way, career career advice for anyone just starting out. <laughs> when your boss turns to you and says, how long is this thing going to take? And you think it takes a week? Say two weeks because you'll probably come in at two weeks anyhow. Or three. Yeah. But if you – so really, two and a half times is a good estimate. And then if you come in – Ahead of that schedule, you look like you're early. So right. yeah, always always leave extra leave that mark margin, leave that margin. Right, which right, I, right. I wish I could teach myself to do that because yeah, I I one of the things that I I don't do well um, in in this whole dance of of managing this this time period is that I never really um, allow myself or, or the class enough time at the end to do a satisfactory wrap up. Uh, and yeah. a little bit of review and say, okay, this is what we, you know, and, you know, again, a little bit of reinforcement of both of you know, what the lesson was, but also confidence building. Um, just to remind them, it's like, okay, this, you guys did this. You were able to do this. We, we, we didn't, you weren't able to do this before. You can do it now. Um, and also, well, what was that? Well, this is what you did. And they go, oh, yeah, we did that. So, mm -hmm. and then only you reinforce the lesson itself, but you also reinforce in in their minds that that yes yeah, so they actually did something they weren't just occupying space for the last you know 70 minutes that's and, a great and point I, and i and i and i and i always, yeah i wish i could do it i just don't <laughs> that's i screw up you that's know? a really great point you know that i i'm i'm really remiss is that i do the review and i really try to make sure that there's a five minute review minimum five minute review session at the end of class but that idea of like you know, I mean, sometimes I will remember to do that. Like I'll say, look, you guys spoke, you know, you guys had conversations that lasted an hour and 10 minutes today. You've never been able to do that. But that's a great point is that your review should always include, you know, helping students mark what they've they're able to do now that they couldn't do when they came into the class. That's a great idea. Yeah, I, should, being, I have to watch out progress, for that. Right? Yeah, I'll definitely. But. Yeah, I, I find that that review is something that those are the, the things now that I will not negotiate on in a classroom. 
is that there has to be that review session in the beginning and the end, and I give it about five minutes for each. Mm-hmm. And at if the class finishes at 10.30, at 10.25, I don't, that's when I break my rule and I say, look, I don't really care where everybody is. We got to do the review. I think because I got that from Paul Nation, who once said that, um, there was a really interesting point. He says, the most important thing you can teach today is what you taught yesterday, hmm. which was a great point because Very. If, you, if you don't review it, it's lo- it gets lost. It's gone. It's, it's in and out. Yeah. Exactly. The review no matter session. how great it was, it, if you if you don't re- reinforce it, especially it if, slips away. Right. If and if you think about it, like I turn to my students and I will ask them, okay, how many of you reviewed your notes? Those of you who have notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See what happens the next time you don't give students handouts. Mm. Right. Mm. But mm. Um, you know, ask them. You know, if they've reviewed and they don't they don't come to class with review. Right. Um, right. 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 You know, the idea. What What is it called? No, it's the flipped classroom. I think we've talked about this a little yeah, bit. That's that, yeah. That's it's all right. backwards. You know, you're supposed to what you're teaching today is preparing students for the next class. Mm. It's right. It's not just something that's retrospective. And, you know, the review is a way of getting them ready to go to the next step. So I think that's important. But. I like your point that it's not about time management, but that's a great point is always mark, let the students know and let them, you know, become aware of what they're able to do now that they were not able to do 90 minutes before. Yeah. Well, it, well, it is kind of related to time management because that, because that takes time. You just like talk about <laughs> okay. the beginning of the class, the review and the end of the class review. Well, yeah, it's, it's philosophical, but it's, it's, it's in there. It's in there with the time thing. That takes time. That's gotta be, if you're going to be planning out a lesson minute by minute, you got to put that in there, and all these things. It's like, okay, you need thirty seconds to read their faces. You got to put that in there. Yeah, there's um, yeah the Joker. It's a it's there's there's going to be time. <laughs> all these things take time, and balancing all that and putting it all together, and maintaining the flexibility <laughs> to adapt to changing conditions. That's got to be in there too. It that's why teaching is hard. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this leads me now to the next point, which is what do you do when an activity is taking too long and you have to. Cut uh, I was something? hoping that we would be over, but taking too long. But the worst thing, though, I find far worse is when I've gone through everything. What I wanted to do is like done and there's still like 15 or 20 minutes left in class. Mm. So my question for you is, Tony, what do you do when you find yourself running behind? You know, you know what you want to accomplish that day. Will you speed up or will you just go with it and say, okay, I'll adapt for the following week? Uh, I'll, I'll push sub- it off. I won't, okay. I won't try. I what won't about try in situations it. where you feel you can't push it off? Let's say it's getting to be like the third, 12th, 13th class and you need to get students ready for, let's say, their final presentations or something. Homework. In that situation where you can't push it off, how do you manage that? Homework. <laughs> okay. If it, I mean, if it's something that they have to know, and it's something that's really important, and I don't have time to do it in class, that's the only thing I can do. I says, listen, I'm sorry, but you, it's really important. You guys got to know this. Um, next week, we're going to begin with this, and what I need, what I need you to do to prepare for it is A, B, and C. Okay. And uh, I just, you know, put together an impromptu home assignment because if it's something that's critical, um, and you need 30 minutes to teach it, and you got 10 minutes, you can't do it. You just can't. So do lay it. enough of a foundation down in 10 minutes that the students will be able to run with it on their exactly. own. Exactly. Okay. But you also are in – you have contact with students via 
um, social networking. Yeah, well, I'm right? very So that if a student has a problem, students, yeah. they can get in touch with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm very, very connected with the kids. Yeah. Okay. Now, what about the worst case, <laughs> which is when you, you're done with everything? You're, what you thought was going to be a good 90 minutes turns out to be 65, 70 minutes, and you're sitting there looking uh, that, at that, for me, that For me, that's not worst case scenario at all. Um, okay. I, I kind of like that opportunity. I mean, that's okay. You talk about jam time. It's like, okay, I can, you know, we, can, we can pull out our instruments and just have fun. Um, you can do something, you know, do something a little more structured depending on the class, right? Like a, a game, you know, you can always do vocabulary re review with hangman or, um, you know, one of the, you know, the blackboard word game type things. Um, just talk, you know, and if it's, it's a intermediate and more advanced class, um, you can use it for time for, for use the term self-reflection, but uh, to talk about what you've already done earlier in the semester, um, talk about, ask the students, okay, so far, what do you think was the most useful? What do you think was the most fun? Ask them what they want to do in the future. Say, well, you know, we did this before. Did you like that? Do you want more of this? Um, we, I used a reading from this. Do you want something from newspapers? Do you want something from magazines? Would you rather do some fiction? Um, that's a, for me, that's a, that 10 15 minutes that's a gift i'd love that that's or we leave early um would my wife will kill me for that but um no that extra time there to we talked about reading the students and understanding them and figuring out where what they get and what they don't um if you work that right and depending on the class that you that you what you did in that first hour an hour and 15 minutes that extra little bit of time there is a great opportunity to start uh, probing and data gathering for all kinds of stuff that's going to make that specific class better as well as your other classes. So that's that's great for me. Yeah. Well, sorry, I kind of baited yeah. you on that one. I know. <laughs> because I, know. I think that's really the difference is that after all these years of teaching, the extra 15 minutes to jam is a treat. And I think that's one of the ways where I, I realized that I had kind of moved from beginning of beginning teacher to more of an intermediate or more experienced teacher hmm. is that being ahead was not scary. Hmm. Being ahead was like, yippee, I got, okay, let me run with something different. And it's, as you said, I think one of the things is if you're starting out teaching or if this has always been something that's caused you trouble, having a toolbox of games you know, a toolbox that you can just pop open and hangman or any of the other games you can play, word games, um, getting students together and trying to generate lists or breaking students into groups and just starting to ask them questions where they have to run up to the front of the class and, you know, hit the table and give an answer, like kind of like quiz show kinds of games. Sure, pronunciation uh, things, like tongue right, twisters. Oh, right, yeah. exactly, writing them on the board and having teams do that. In other words... Don't be scared of those moments because they're the opportune moments to add something to the classroom. And you learn you you learn so much too about teaching. The, the, that, I, I, that's a time when you learn. Say yeah, okay, pull something out of a hat, let it fly, and it flies or it sinks. And say like, okay, well that worked, it didn't, you know, better and right. stuff. But you get some great moments, and it's like okay, I I that was cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to figure a way to do that again. Right, and I think the other thing you mentioned that was really important is the data collection. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, what you're learning about your students in a new situation with mm -hmm. an, an activity that you haven't done. And 
what was it? It was, um, I used these years and years and years ago. There was a group up at Sendai that started putting out a thing called Prism. Do you remember this? And they were copyables. In other words, it was just a, like, you, I think you remember yeah, this, right? Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. were just, it was just a booklet, like a self-published little pamphlet, but everything was copyable. Right, so it was uncopyrighted material, basically, or it would have been one of the first uh, common use kinds of things. And they had lots of stuff, and there were great stuff like um, talk about your pet peeves, and there were checklists, or what was the last time you did, and these great little activities that, you know, take like five minutes to introduce, seven minutes to introduce, but students would stay on them for like 15, 20 minutes and really enjoy themselves. Um, so if anybody wants to look that up it was called prism it's great stuff great stuff and yeah the idea that it's not a negative right ah i got extra time to teach something else right but if you've only planned for what you thought was going to be 90 minutes i don't know how you'd get out of that mm. right so for people starting out always have some extra material that you can pull out on any time, any day, and do not see it as failure that you mistimed and things got done too quickly. That's not yeah, a negative. That's not a negative. Is the key here? Yeah, and yeah, you 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 need to build that up. That little that little yes. extra little bag of stuff. Whether it's like whether it's board games, whether it's speaking games, whether it's even a, a small writing prompt. Uh, of different levels and things, and you know, you know, it doesn't have to be on a piece of paper. As long if you can hold it in your head, but these opportunities will come up, and being able to pull the right one out at the right time um, can, can make a huge difference, and it can, it can change the whole dynamic of a classroom. When you, if you, if you pull it off right, it's really, it, you know, it comes up early enough in the year, uh, and uh, it allows you to interact with the kids in a completely different way. Uh, very very important to start building that up um, uh, so as you go along. You're actually in a certain way. There's such a really good argument for building that into your first few classes, mm. right? Because oh, yeah, then the students of, yeah. know. Oh, we're all done. Let's do something fun. Yeah, yeah. Ah, huh, that's an interesting thing. Mm. So that students will maybe that motivates them to do the task, stay focused because they know that ah, if we get done early, he'll pull something really fun out of his bag of tricks. Like that. Was that Felix like the cat, that. by the way? bag of tricks i believe it was wow we're really wow, dating what, 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 what we're, a call there what we're really dating ourselves there yeah my dad told me about felix the cat wait a second my grandparents were from europe <laughs> all right so yeah in, in the terms of time management time to you know, wrap up and review what we've done so anyway this little bag of tricks i um, mean that, that is huge yes that is really huge that and takes a long you gotta have that and but that takes a long time to do it does but that's one of the things you can get from other people too, right? I mean, you talk to people, ask, "What do you do?" It's like, "What do you do? What do you do? What do you do?" Yeah. Um, and yeah, take some experimentation. You get you got to tweak things to fit you, to fit the way you teach, to fit your kids. Yeah. Um, for way, me, the, for me, that one of the concrete things that that um, I keep hearing Charles talk about, and I keep hitting myself on the head for not doing, but to budget that time for review at the beginning and an end of a class, which is so important. Yeah. Um, that's really important to do. And again, I kick myself and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it from now on. Um, the uh, That balancing act of stepping away a little bit and being able to uh, self-evaluate in real time. Watch yourself. It's like, okay, how much time 
do I spend checking attendance if you check attendance? How much do I time do I spend setting up an activity? How much time are they really on task? You might you might surprise yourself. And the Charles idea about putting the notes in the in the book are a really good idea because you might think that they're talking for twenty five minutes. It might only be fifteen. And you're panicking because you're not doing you think you're not doing anything. And it seems like a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're stepping on them and you're interfering them. I was like, just let them go. <laughs> let them talk. I, I like what you just said though, Tony, that it's an important thing is that look at how long it takes you to set up the activity. Because I have a feeling that's where I waste a lot of time. I probably could so that maybe is where I think rehearsal and practice really pays off mm-hmm. is in how you're going to introduce and set up the activity that that might, you know, a little planning and scripting there, I think, would save a lot of time for my students. You know, how not, am I going to not only how time? Gonna, yeah. Pardon me? Not only the time, not but only yeah, the how time. you're going to use the board. How are you going to how are you going to explain it? Because right. how are you going to use the board in an organized way? Yeah. So many textbooks. I mean, they. The explanation for the activity, the setup for the activity, is like t- two or three times as hard as the activity itself. Good point. So, yeah. If you can, you know, it's, just, it's like okay, yeah, you do this and it's like, no. if you don't explain that in Japanese, <laughs> if they can understand the setup, they won't have any problem with the activity because the activities <laughs> at a basic level and the explanation is at an intermediate level. It's like they're, they're going to be bored with the activity if they can understand the instructions. So the setup of the activity is really, really important. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It was just that reminded me of, um, I remember that when I'd get textbooks for, let's say, beginning students or whatever level or um, you know, starting out, and then you'd read the notes to the student. <laughs> <And> the <laughs> vocabulary was like way out of the student's range. Incidentally, was... when you begin the study of the transitive right. tense. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to, welcome to Nantoka textbook, right? This textbook will help you explore the intricacies of <laughs> something like that, of language use. Okay. At the elementary level. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, at an elementary level, it's a time management episode let's see if we can come in a little short today but i think tony those are great points you you finished with and i would just basically echo them you know and say that's they're just really important and yeah the looking at how to set up the activity is a real important thing but in that sense that kind of prep time is the most important prep time yeah yeah yeah, figuring out how to clearly explain things we should actually put that as an uh you know maybe that'd be an interesting podcast is how do you know walk let's you know find an activity and let's walk through how we'd explain it might be an interesting thing to do ah right sounds like work but <laughs> it sounds pretty interesting oh, oh my god another four-letter yeah. word sounds, okay it sounds hard all right well, so well, good challenge co- for us so we right. should do that we've covered a lot today mm. right mainly talking about time management and that there's a difference between timing and time management um we looked at how do you know an activity is finished? How do we know students are on task that we dealt with? See, we're doing the review session Here now. We are. I'm, I'm but if I were doing this in class, notes. I'd say, okay, everybody get into groups now and you know, give us a list of the five key things you learned or remember from today. Okay, Tony. So I think we covered time management in a timely fashion. Oh, Yay. Boo, boo, bad pun. Okay, so I think we're wrapped up? Wrapped up. This is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. This is two teachers talking. You yeah, can the find usual us places. At... Yeah. <laughs> what is it now? It's two teachers talking.com. Mm, guess. Yeah. And the Gmail would be. Yeah.
to teachers talking at gmail.com. That was a test, wasn't it? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, and Skype too. Keep those Skype messages coming in. And the email messages coming in too. Yeah. Okay, Tony, so we'll be talking to you soon. Have yourself a good week.